Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where our heart pounds in our ears as we race to gab about our favorite television show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 41st episode in the series, And Then There Was One. Uh, the Abandoned Baby. Yet another baby. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Just, uh, you know, drop off your kid and uh, no problem. That's that's the end of it. We don't have paperwork or anything. Um <laughs> <laughs> the cops said we could keep her exactly <laughs> okay emily um <laughs> it's it's really funny because again the show does this so well where it's like it takes a ridiculous premise and just like you just kind of you just go with it like it's not you know there's like these little pieces that are very fuzzy about how things would actually act in real life but it doesn't matter because like you're learning all these fun lessons and hearing all these funny lines in between yes and this is a good one a good demonstration of both really a lot of funny exchanges and funny one-liners and sort of like a super fluffy um I don't even know I guess the walkathon is the a story and Blanche's damage about raising her kids is the b story but I'm not really quite sure um <laughs> they but are it's intertwined in-, in a way that's actually um better than a lot of ab stories yeah yeah but the juxtaposition there of like something so just you know laugh after laugh and like joke after joke with this really like heady sort of again not something that's super talked about motherhood and regrets about raising your children and not being super close with your family like to have both of those things in the same episode um done in this way in an episode that is very enjoyable to watch I think is just you know a real uh a real achievement yeah absolutely it is it is really I mean not only the abandoned uh, child and sort of you know CPS line right like that whole thing but yeah that's just this intense feeling that really sets Blanche apart and we see it constantly come up with her character um, from the other girls and how she feels about what you know how she did motherhood or didn't do motherhood <laughs> yeah well and it starts from the very beginning too it, it, it's alluded to in, in a it's a funny joke but so um Sophia is talking about how you know she's going to participate in this walkathon and Dorothy's like you know I, I have some reservations you're really old and um this is for people who walk a lot <laughs> what do I do hover <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah she's like I've been walking since 1904 it's gonna be fine like you know they have a category for people over 80 um but so Rose signs them up to babysit and Blanche is like, I don't like, I don't want other people's children in my house. I didn't even like my own children in my house. And I was like, yes, like I love, I just love Blanche so much because I think she really speaks for anybody who has like not the perfect relationship with their family in this because Rose's childhood is so like Michael Landon and the Waltons and you know, oh, like yeah. it's so like whatever. And Dorothy and Sophia while there's some complications there, like they're obviously really close and really like each other because they live together and they, you know, like we, we hear about it a lot, like how good the relationship is. So Blanche is really the only representation on this show, but honestly, like in mainstream TV of somebody who has a complicated relationship with their family and she it's with, it's not so much with her, like parents, although, you know, there's some stuff with her sisters and stuff and obviously Clayton, but her relationship with her kids is so even today, I feel like so not represented, but very, very relatable. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice to see her, you know, like in, in this way, in this joke of like, I don't even like my own kids in my house. Like it's funny to see that um, in a 
in a light way. Yeah, exactly. It <laughs> It's actually funny from a representative standpoint, it always makes like, you know, it's always something that's interesting to media or the press or something like that, where somebody highlights going against the grain um, in a way. And it reminds me of <laughs> a couple of years back, Whoopi Goldberg, there was, a, there was a great headline, I think it was Huffington Post, that was like, Whoopi Goldberg on marriage. I don't want somebody in my house. <laughs> and it's just, it's so succinct and so perfect that that was like the headline that they pulled out from whatever this interview was, where she's like, I've been married three times, I'm over it, you know, all this other stuff. And I just, I don't want somebody in my house, which just reminded me of this. This line that Blanche throws out about my own children, you know. Um, And the thing is, it's, yeah, I mean, you're right how this is just not represented at all. And it's also a really complex thing we do not talk about today is that, you know, motherhood is really fraught for some people. And it's it's so against this classic, you know, femininity and, and motherhood and just like, oh, as soon as you have your children, like, you know, that's all your life is and revolves around it changes all your priorities. And the actual reality is like, it changes your life. But like a lot of parts, it's really hard (laughs) of how it changes your life. It changes your life for the better in a lot of ways, but also for the worse in a lot of ways. And you have to sort of grapple with that. It doesn't mean you don't love your kids, but it's really hard. And there's no pattern for, or, you know, there's not really like a good pathway for, people especially people like Blanche coming from the south in the era that she did uh you know other than just to offload it to the nanny um to sort of like walk that line of motherhood exactly there was no option for Blanche Devereaux not to have children even though like she probably didn't really want you know and and obviously like she does love them and she she loves David that punk David um (laughs) uh but yeah I think it's really interesting to sort of see that and because there were actual people affected like she has a lot of regrets about what she did and I don't think most people have the you know this level of regret but I do think that um looking back when your children are adults I imagine there are things that you wish you would have done differently just like there's you know always things like that and I'm sure it weighs on you a lot more heavily when it's your kid um and we get to see it you know here and there with her and I I actually think that's a really really well done um well done by the writers all over the place is because like it's addressed a couple of times but it's never resolved throughout the whole series she feels like this and it's really um it's pretty remarkable to have that complex of a character you know characteristic of this person come up all the time yeah and to have to continually tackle it just like real life a lot of things don't get resolved in real life and we've talked about this before with sort of the interplay of how Dorothy and Blanche's relationship is throughout the entire series with like jealousy and you know like in back and forth in different types of ways where they sort of have these same issues come up and they, you know, they address them at the time, but it's, it doesn't eliminate them from life. And I think that's what Blanche goes through all the time with children and grandchildren. And, you know, like you said, like everything, when you look back, you have, you know, some sort of like, oh, I could have done this differently. It's really interesting now that Blanche actually uses this very wacky opportunity <laughs> of potentially having someone else's kid just dropped at their house to sort of redo motherhood. And I, I do think it's also hilarious because it's like... <laughs> 
it's like oh uh, you know blanche had a nanny for her kids growing up but so rose and dorothy should now be exhausted and help her raise an infant in their 60s <laughs> it's like it's really funny that like she still finds a way to have like the selfish blanche like note in there you know it's funny it's a really good motivation i really love it but it cracks me up when they're just like oh my god i'm so exhausted and they're just like but let's do it guys <laughs> yeah we have to do it for our friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally um yeah all she wanted to do was sponge the runners that would have been a better task for her yeah, anyway you know? now she gets stuck with this abandoned baby oh that's rose's fault <laughs> um yeah okay so speaking of babysitting should we i want to talk about norman but first uh, yes. before i get into norman norman's dad is ray combs who was a host of family feud i think in like the early 80s maybe even like late 80s um but Wait, so I, like during this era that's yeah i think maybe like right after this episode aired um because you know I he did so just, well they gave him the gig yeah, exactly. And I recently discovered that old game show network shows are available to stream. So I've been um, I've been watching a little bit of it. And I was like, hey, I know that guy. That's Norman's dad. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I also love that exchange. He does it really well. He's like, here, I hate my son. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> take this piece of shit <laughs> um yeah the whole all of the whole bit with the kids first of all norman is such a um he's you know he like this punk little kid actor he's fine but uh he's gonna he, grow like, up to work on wall street no worries <laughs> yeah totally um he likes to play with army men and, and blanche is like oh i'm sorry i only date officers <laughs> like that exchange yeah. is so funny because you know we talk about how she like has obviously no idea what to do with kids and like this there was a colonel here on Tuesday, but he had to go back to the base. Like that's exactly Blanche Devereaux's response to this like punk nine year old kid. She is so sincere. She's uh-huh. so sincere in that line delivery. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, also, just like the way of the interaction too. I, I mean, Rose of course is like super into it, but like when you when she has to actually lay the line down of discipline, um, it, like when when Norman squishes all the other kids' oh. clay, and she just squishes his, and she's like, "That was fun, huh?" yeah <laughs> tried again. it was really really great um and then of course like you know the um the the line about babies having their own conversation which is funny and again i think we mentioned this before like you get these really funny windows into like how rose was a mother you know and they're like except it's how she was a mother but also now much like blanche feels differently about how she would do motherhood now I do feel like Rose has a little, you know, she has a little less patience and a little more of the competitive edge and just sort of keeping things together. Um, So it's really, it's just a a good little um, peek into it. And then, of course, you know, a hickory switch to your behind where we get back into the Southern way. of She's back. Yeah, she's back. (laughs) At least there's no corporal, I mean, uh, you know, um, death penalty uh, punishment here at this point. Yeah, not Um, yet. (laughs) Not yet, at least so but yeah the um she you know rose is rose is really a good babysitter like she actually works really well in this scene i think it's really fun to have uh have the kids featured obviously we have many more kids uh coming through uh, it helps to have the mind of a child <laughs> it's really funny it's funny to see all of them too because like so rose um you know is like would you like to play with a potato head like she's really yeah uh, intent on entertaining them and and leaving this drumline and whatever and then um they bring Dorothy in and Dorothy is so like, you know, let her, let me show you how a professional deals with this child. And she like, you know, she approaches Norman. She's like, why are you ripping the pages out of that book? And oh, he, like, he's just like such a little bastard. He's like, cause my daddy's rich, which is like, so like, okay, no kid would say that. No but... kid would say that, but it is actually really funny that that stymies her immediately. She's yeah. just like, well, don't know what to do. <laughs> go ahead, Blanche. You go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Oh god. And she's also like, you know, she's like shaking the uh the prams, which like those old school uh prams, you know, carriages for the babies. Oh my god, like that literally they look like they're gonna tip over today. Like I it's just <laughs> I, I keep like now I'm watching them like from the actual view of a parent and I'm just like those look super top heavy man I don't know about keeping the babies in those things. there's a lot of stuff from the 80s I feel like for babies that is completely unsafe like it's oh, amazing yeah. that any of us are alive oh my god it's crazy they show like a car seat in one of the episodes and you're just like really yeah <laughs> Just let him sit in the front. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also related to that. So, like, they say CPS comes in, like, 48 hours. Like, couldn't a kid die before then or be in, like, much bigger trouble? I actually know nothing about this world. So, like, maybe that actually is kind of standard. But it's just interesting because they have to do – they do this whole explanatory phone call of, like, well, this is how it works, you know? And it's, like, that might not be necessary in the episode, but it seems like they put it in there for a reason. I don't know. I'm, I'm very unclear. I can almost guarantee you that no social service agency, I mean, I, you know, there's a lot we could talk about here in terms of like budgets and how they're underfunded and like, right. I'm sure these people are um, not paid as much as they should be. But in with all of that under consideration, like, I'm pretty sure no social worker would be like, uh, we'll come and get her in two days. You guys just keep her, right? Like, you have right. no idea who these people are. <laughs> That's what no I'm saying. No relation to them. No, absolutely not. <laughs> It's really, really bizarre. And they so she gets off that phone call and like, oh, it's like, oh, they come in 48 hours. Here we have a choice. And then they're talking about full custody, right? Like, yeah. They're talking about like, you could keep her. Like you said, <laughs> it's just like, well, she finders keepers, you know, like that's basically what it is. But then immediately, like, I think Dorothy says like, oh, if she's going to stay here another couple of days. And I'm like, wait, 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 you guys just switched. Like, this was actually a really heavy topic. Like, it's not just, like, staying for the weekend. Like, this is talking about, like, she might be gone forever. It was just, like, a weird little line that slipped in there where I was like, wait, 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 wait. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, this definitely wasn't worked out on, um, you know, like, on a whiteboard. Like, nobody, like, did the <laughs> research and talked to, like, the government agencies and were like, what, are the, what is the process? Yeah. Um, but it's it's okay like it's another time that will like allow them um yeah because like as this is going on they're figuring out whether or not they're going to keep this abandoned child and the government's cool with that or like what they're going to do um we also have Sophia who came back from her race who is now like you know this superstar athlete and when she's <laughs> recounting the story of that you know, this is one of those things that I can remember watching in my childhood bedroom and like just giggling. Like every single time this would, one would come on, um, I just loved it so much. And she's like, Sophia, Sophia. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a starter's pistol. Half of them dropped from fr- uh, fright. <laughs> so also, good. it's kind of insane that like we ever use starter's pistols, but um, so and probably stupid. still do in so many places. It's Maybe really they're crazy. reusing the gun that Rose had almost shot Lester. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, the, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the walkathon actually started like right next to the fun shop. <laughs> yeah, um, downtown. But uh, but yeah, so they're discussing you know how they all were you know different um, parents and you know how they loved it. <laughs> Rose goes, you know, I used to love changing diapers, and Dorothy's like, Rose, let's face it, you marched to a different drummer. I just I really like that because it's again 
you know, Dorothy doing what she does best, which is grounding everybody. And it's just like, what a weird thing to say. Like, maybe you mean it as like a metaphor for like taking care of an infant. But like, did you really love changing diapers? Right. <laughs> it seems really bizarre. The whole Rose's whole uh, diatribe, uh, this bit is crazy. So she, it starts with like something called the deep root vegetable carnival, which I made sure to write uh. down the most appealing yams. <laughs> and then she tells that story of like finding her way home via the Texaco, the Texaco Star. Station. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so which bizarre. is really funny. Which is funny because they talk about Texaco again, like using the Texaco station across the street where they are at sixty one fifty one. But it's like when they're when they're doing the redoing the bathroom with uh, Lou. Yeah. And uh, but then also like it's really funny. I com- kind of combined those thoughts in my mind of how they they use the Texaco station in Miami, but. Rose didn't have plumbing growing outside of the Texaco Star was there. And I was like, oh, maybe she used the bathroom there. Anyway. Um, really rationalizing it, though. I know, exactly. I'm really, like, thinking it through, you know. I'm sure and any of the writers have not gone that deep. But anyway. There's a lot of content coming from Rose, though. There's So there's, like, there's that. And then there's um when she's just, like, so outraged. And she's like, my Uncle Lester had only one tooth and he could eat corn on the cob. <laughs> creamed what was left on his pants <laughs> so good another great example of a callback like it's it's still the same scene but in that like you know beat by beat by beat joke type of thing like the St. Olaf story the cream corn reference creamed on his pants whatever they give him weird looks and then you know a few more like lines of dialogue and then Dorothy's on her way out the door just turns and repeats it to Blanche <laughs> so brilliant <laughs> Which is as you would do, right? You you would do that where you have a friend and you're like, you have to take a moment when the other friend or whoever made the weird statement was out of the room and just say it again, basically as if to say, like, I didn't make that up, right? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that totally. That really happened. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so creaming what was left on his pants is one thing. And it's so smart. It's just uh, amazing to watch B. Arthur deliver that line. Yep. And you know, kind of, yeah, like, you're right, like, be like, that's what she said, right? Like, we all heard it. Um, but then there's also the bit about an oohoo, and Rose is like, what's an oohoo? And Dorothy responds, a chocolate soft drink. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pour the little oohoo sound. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Which, by the way, great name for, Amazing. you know, a little penis. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. It's just endearing enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Um, so in the back to the evolution of, you know, Blanche as a mother and sort of like re, you know, kind of like spilling her guts out basically to Emily. <laughs> She's having that narration. It's really funny because, again, you know, recent recent new parent over here for the first time reading all sorts of things about what you're supposed to do and all that. Um, and, then, you know, what we know now as opposed to back in 1985. But um, when she is talking to Emily, walking around the room and like just really talking about you know, how she thinks she failed as a mother and how she, you know, like, is is really kind of going through this whole thing that we talked about before. It's obviously a device from a sitcom perspective to have a character do a monologue when no one else is around, but she's, like, sort of talking to a baby, so you get all of this exposition. But what's really funny is, like, parenting advice, you actually are supposed to talk to your infants like that. Wow, really? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, a totally normal actually, conversation? Yes, exactly. It's funny. Like, a, a few years ago, there was a, a video that made the rounds of, like, a slightly older child, but still an infant, probably, like, a seven-month-old, sitting up on the couch with his dad, and his dad was just, like you know like talking to him being like oh yeah i know isn't that crazy oh, so and the cute. Kids just, i love yeah, that video you know that video right yeah. the kids just going like oh, 
And then the guy's like, I know, I thought the same thing. And that's like, that's actually exactly right. Like you're supposed to frame and model conversations like actual conversations for kids so instead of just like looking at things being like ball lamp and all that kind of shit like you don't that's not how adults really talk right so how is that going to help the kid get there so the way that blanche is like why am i telling you this Mm -hmm. well and like it's really interesting because i'm watching this now as a parent you know for the first time being like oh shit she's actually doing great like blanche you're on top of things somebody read the books <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, you know, it's funny because it's just a really funny line, but you really empathize with her, where she's just like, "No, I'm a different woman now." You know, like she has different considerations, knowing what she now knows about like the relationship she has with her kids and the kind of people they turned out to be, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and when this scene is happening to you, especially like, I mean, not that you know, there's this like dark um, thing hovering over it, but you are like, "Wow, like this, what happened to this little baby?" Like. What is the deal with her parents just leaving her here, you know? And Blanche is, like, having... It's a really, really sweet moment where she's, like, um, you know, just caring for this kid. But I will say, it's interesting that the only reason this ever happens is because Emily takes to Blanche. Like, for some reason, she's the only one who can get her to stop crying, which is a very blanche Devereux moment to like seek you know like you only like the kids that really like you <laughs> that is actually really true it's funny i forgot about that where you're just like she's not actually glommed onto it until like you know yeah. that actually happens <laughs> which is hilarious um but then of course she goes like she goes the opposite way right and she just holds her all the time and that's what like a dorothy like kind of like criticizes her which again from a parenting perspective you actually should get your kid used to sleeping alone and not in your arms because then they'll never go to sleep ever again um <laughs> Yeah, Emily. (laughs) But um, so speaking of, you know, this poor child, so Emily's father comes in, you know, the physician from the last episode with the esophageal Yeah, the guy gets around. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, also real quick about Emily. The baby doll is so fake. When Blanche is like picking her up, it's like her head just like falls back. And you're like, I know, I've never read the parent book, but I know you're supposed to support the head. (laughs) sorry okay back to the doctor I know that yes exactly um no so he he comes in and he is not at all phased when they say the word child services like (laughs) Blanche is like oh well child services said we could keep her till tomorrow and he's just like no yeah I'm her dad and you're like whoa 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 whoa, dude like maybe you should be alarmed like what the fuck happened here like you like they're alarmed at the miscommunication he's not and it's really funny I'm just like come on man you have like two two lines um but I do (laughs) I do love I mean as usual you know Dorothy comes in and steps in she's magnificent she is like where the hell have you been this is not a dry cleaner like it was it's actually great because it's like she does that perfect like defending you know herself and her loved ones um and gets her ire up you know and while still managing to be really funny like this is not a dry cleaner drop off it's amazing yeah and then you know and then it is revealed that he spoke to somebody who was um on the cover of sports illustrated and you know like hundreds of well wishes and whatever and then it 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 is really nice that we close that loop um yeah because you know sophia's like now i know why sean penn gets so ticked off about the paparazzi like she's still really riding this like thing that she's famous yeah um and then it in sort of a unique way i think this closes the loop on the plot hole where we don't always see it with the golden girls like we don't always see the episodes make sense and you're like 
okay. So he called, he talked to Sophia. Maybe she was like in a daze because like she had just walked a bunch of miles. I thought you said your wife had gimlets. (laughs) And then, then, oh my God, they exchange when um, Dorothy says like, what are they about the trips? And and, um, Rose is like, that's when three babies are born at the same time. (laughs) So cute. So funny. All right, so, well, I have a theory here that, like, there might not be a plot hole, like, a fix, because there might still be a plot hole. I, I feel like Emily is definitely not nine months old, right? Well, so yeah. his his wife just had triplets. So is there, like, a theory out there that this guy actually is stealing this baby? Oh, my God, we got to find it. I'm sure there is. Honestly, there's so many fringe theories. If not, we have to show. write it. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe he's just, like, a kidnapper who heard that she was available. <laughs> Because, man, I mean, it's not impossible to get immediately pregnant after giving birth. But I'm just saying, I, with triplets, I don't know. I don't know if your, your body would be like, let's do it again. <laughs> Give that woman a break. <laughs> Seriously. Or else he's just really bad at relationships. And this is a new wife. I, I, I really don't know. Either. And he's an emergency room physician. So, like, how much time does he really have for these That's kids? What That's I'm my saying. question. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, it's <laughs> But anyway, I just wanted to call that out there because I was like doing the math and I'm like, wait a minute, this is wild. Um, it's anyway, true. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but Rue McClanahan is really, really good in that scene, you know, like at, at the end and where, you know, she, again, it doesn't really get resolved. Like she really feels bad and she obviously has a phone call with Janet, which like sounds Oof. heartbreaking. Jesus Christ. Um, but where, when she's walking out of the room, she plays it perfectly where like the girls are like, are you okay? Like, can we talk about it? And she's doing that perfect, like, put her defense mechanisms back up and, like, kind of just, like, briefly saying things, but, like, letting them know how she feels and kind of, like, constantly as she's talking, she's, like, on her way out of the room. And it's just, it's awesome. It's It rips you apart. And it's, like, exactly how she just, she just reads that scene so well. That's just how you would react if you were her and having gone through everything that you just went through emotionally and then you know dr dude um who's got far too many progeny um shows up (laughs) and it's just all over in an instant Mm -hmm. to be to even um however illogical it is to imagine that you might have the chance to repent in some way for what is probably like your biggest mistake um and then have that just you know it was probably a bit of a fantasy from the beginning but to have it sort of like totally taken away um and then try because Blanche is a very proud woman. Like, it's hard for her to make that call to Janet. And yes. then um, to kind of make, to appear vulnerable, I think, is really hard for her. And actually, that's more at the center of why I think I love the Blanche character so much. And really what I relate to um, about her is how much of a how much work it is for her to be to be vulnerable and you know especially in those instances when you have to like own a mistake that you made I feel like for certain people that's one of the most difficult things that you ever have to do on any level and to have it be as deep as like regretting the way you raised your children oh I know it's a real real heavy for real for real Um, yeah we get a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel which is nice and then we you know you have you have Sophia's classic. Give me twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, this is always how it, like that always works. Yeah, exactly. It always does. If Gladys um, calls, tell her I'll be able to make bingo tonight. That's so good. Um, yeah. Oh my God, the Olympics. I'd like to be there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Act now, you'll get a Sophia lapel pin. Um, <laughs> um, we also have to talk about. There's a very memeable 
line in this one, which I feel like, again, you know, for the amateurs out there, you all know this, um, but it's the older you get, the better you get. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It is in the beginning. It's really funny. Um, and we, yeah, totally blew by that in the very beginning. But I also noted that I was like, oh, yeah, hey, it's really funny when you like are constantly seeing, like you said, the memes that are <laughs> being sent around. You're like, oh, this one's really hot, even with people <laughs> who don't even know the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do you even know the line that precedes and the one that is immediately after that? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I will judge the use of this meme in uh, this gif in this text exchange. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I think I think that wraps it up, huh? Mm-hmm. Then That's it. There were none. Um, <laughs> join us next time when we're going to discuss uh, half baked writers' room ideas and the over dramatization of missing a train. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>